On this episode of the Edify Podcast, we will hear from Paul Van Bloom, where he will teach us how to gain control of our lives and step into sovereignty. You're not going to want to miss this episode. If you're someone needing or wanting some positive change in your life, this is the perfect episode for you. Do you have a property that is in rough condition, has tenant issues, or a project that never got finished? then you need to contact Homelink Properties. This Springfield, Missouri-based company will give you a fair cash offer on your property, completely as is, the same day you reach out. If you're an investor, Homelink Properties can also put your house in front of hundreds of cash buyers so that you too can quickly sell your property. Give them a call today, 417-295-0723. Today's guest has been a branding and marketing director for several years. During that time, he built a seven-figure business. He's currently a business coach who has been able to help entrepreneurs build companies that complement the lives they want to live by significantly increasing their ROTI, which is return on time, and aligning their businesses with their identity. So without further ado, welcome the champion of rituals, Paul Van Bloom. Hey, thanks, Jay. Good to have you on, man. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. It's gonna be fun. I'm I'm super stoked. So, um, what I'd like to do first is, um, I know you've been kind of advocating this concept of you know taking control of your life and stepping into sovereignty. I would like you to tell our listeners a little bit about like what what does that mean to step into sovereignty? Like, what's your definition of sovereignty? What does it look like? Uh, sound like? Just kind of give us a little bit of a rundown of of this concept. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so when I say sovereignty, I, I literally mean the definition. Um, like if you were to Google what sovereignty is, it means a, a state of self-government. Um, usually it's in reference to like, uh, you know, like governments and things like that. But um, what I like to do is I like to take that concept and apply it to individuals. So are you able to govern yourself? Um, and actually, if you look into like the etymology of the the words, it comes from in like an old French word that I'm not going to try and pronounce because... Uh, I'll be made fun of. <laughs> but what it means is like it, it comes from roots of the words like authority and rule and supremacy and power um, or a- existing independently. And and uh, we could probably talk for a whole hour on just each of those concepts. But um, I, I really like this idea of existing as an independent state in supremacy and power and authority over oneself. So in our world today, we have, we're so interconnected, which has so many advantages and is so beautiful. And it's just a like really, really awesome. Um, but it also comes with a lot of downsides too. Um, it means that we are so interconnected that we, we sometimes offload our responsibility to uh, govern ourselves and to make decisions and to be even aware of what's going on in our lives. And we outsource a lot of that to uh, so many things, whether that's um, past operating systems from our past, whether that's um, other individuals like our, our our spouse or our boss or our even social media or what CNN or Fox News is telling us to do, or I mean, or even to things like uh, Netflix or Amazon Prime <laughs> or whatever it is, right? There's there's so many structures that have been built into our lives that inform our decision making that sometimes we we don't allow it to inform us anymore but we in fact we we hand that to um to those systems so if i'm understanding you correctly you're kind of advocating for this concept of uh 
I guess not allowing external pressures or external things dictate our decision making. Yeah, absolutely. And and it and it's a lot deeper than that too. I think I, I think that that's a lot of the structures that have taught us to to do this, to offload our our decision making. Um, but because of that, we haven't learned how to make decisions ourselves. It, it's this process of learning how to decide. To me, uh, this concept that you're talking about of a sovereignty, and I'm sure it's probably deeper than what I'm I, I'm saying, and I'm just kind of keeping it pretty basic right now. But to me, it's kind of the concept of uh, coming down to you can determine the outcome of your day and not allowing some of these external factors to, to take uh, over your decision-making process. 100%. Yeah. Um, and, and your life and the results of those decisions. And mm-hmm. I mean... It's, uh, I think a lot of the anxiety and depression that we're seeing in our world comes from uh, people feeling totally out of control and because mm-hmm. of that, hopeless, right? They look at their scenarios yep. and like, I'm enduring so much pain. And one, it's, it's meaningless because there's no like purpose to it. But secondly, um, I have no exit strategy for this because uh, they have learned helplessness. It's a, it's been a lifelong pattern of trying and and fighting against the pain but having no way out you know it's interesting because i always feel like um and i don't say this is for everybody but i feel like a, a common denominator a theme that i hear people say is it's always blamed on an external uh thing and they don't ever look at it internally i i did not achieve such and such because of this or you know all these different mm-hmm. outsource or outside factors but they're not looking internally like what could I have done? Why didn't I accomplish it? What, you know, what do I need to do? What habits do I need to implement routines and, and things like that? So I think this is, I think this is really interesting. So Paul, why do you think this concept of, you know, taking control of your life, stepping into sovereignty, being able to, to control your decision-making and the outcome of your day, why do you feel that is so important to people? Well, it provides them a path for joy and hope and um, and in doing all of that, it actually empowers their ability to connect with other people. And these are like these concepts are really core to our existence. Um, our ability to believe that there there is a, a better world that we can build. Um, our ability to act on that and and produce that through our our belief and our our um, devoted uh, decision making. And our ability to connect with other people. If we have those things, those three things lined up, um, it's like it's game over, right? Um, but like, and I touched on this before, but our society has been stripped of sovereignty. Um, we're so like, like I mentioned before, we're so interconnected that um, we exist in a state of just. Uh, of of almost like roboticness yeah autopilot totally we go from one decision to the next not even for many of us not even being aware that we are making a decision because we're allowing somebody else to make it for us or something else or some old script or whatever it might be have you seen and and i know this is uh i think this kind of plays into have you seen that uh netflix documentary on uh uh social media i forget what social dilemma i think is what it's called I haven't watched it. I've, I've seen people talk about it, though. Yeah, gotcha. It seems because it seems like we have a lot of these outside sources that have created um, a platform for us to 
become addictive that we're not making this. We're, we don't have, there's not a lot of intention going on. We're just on mm-hmm. autopilot making decisions, decisions going from one thing to another thing <laughs> without really thinking about like, yeah. what am I doing? I, I think about how many times you, you know, I've, I've even experienced this where I'm just aimlessly, I just went to check on one thing and I aimlessly start scrolling <laughs> through Facebook or whatever. And, and I, 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 uh, I would say I wasn't being very, uh, sovereign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. And that's not, that's not abnormal. Um, it's honestly, it's surprising to me with the clients that I work with, um, they'll experience even just like a small percentage of their day being sovereign. And they're like, wow, like my life is changed because there's, we, we've lived for, in some cases, decades of unsovereign living of totally out of control of powerlessness and um when we're able to taste that it's just it becomes like it's i I almost want to say addictive but it's not because it's so hard to get to that place (laughs) Um, (laughs) i don't think you're alone in that (laughs) i think that uh that's actually really really normal um because uh, again it's been like decades of experiencing other people and other things and other systems. And the part that we haven't talked about is our past and our future dictating our experience right now. And um, that's like a whole nother thing that we could get into. (laughs) Yeah, this is is interesting because I actually want to just highlight this real quickly because I'm a firm believer and, and I don't like to get into politics or religion or anything like that. But what's interesting is that I feel like a lot of people at in regards to politics and religion they look um, at the world through this window, this paradigm, so to speak, from their parents' beliefs, who got it from their mm-hmm. parents' beliefs. And it's not actually mm-hmm. that they made the decision, yeah, I'm a Republican or, yeah, I'm a Democrat, uh, but they're, oh, well, my family was, so I am, instead of internalizing yeah. it and making the decision for themselves. Yeah, totally. And honestly, and this is the really hard part, is it's, it's a survival mechanism. Um, because there's so much information out there and there's so many decisions to be made that we, um, we, we, out of, out of necessity rely on, um, heuristics, um, which is essentially like, uh, operating systems or stories that you tell about specific events or, Mm -hmm. or, um, or scenarios that come into your life, um, to be able to make these decisions. And, um, and so I'm like, as important as I think this is, and, and as being like, a like I said before, like a champion of this, um, I, I can, I, I can also totally understand why people aren't doing this. I'm very empathetic towards this, partially because I existed in this place for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but secondly, because there's so much happening. There are so many decisions to be made that we have, like, again, out of survival and almost necessity, we have to rely on these old stories. Right. um, We would just like sit in a corner again, doing nothing. (laughs) It's, it's interesting. And I, I'm probably going to butcher this, but there's a guy I'm a big fan of. Um, His name is uh, Donald Miller. He, uh, he advocates for storytelling and, and, and he's, Mm. he's a marketing guru. Um, But he talks about how (laughs) we, we love stories 
And, and we've been telling them since the dawn of times and that's how we got captivated. And, you know, we get captivated by, a, you know, a good movie if it's telling a good story because it's inviting us into a story. Um, so I just think that's kind of interesting because I'm sure there's a way that we can invite ourselves into a captivating story to start making uh, dis- in- intentional decisions. Um, yes. But I would and I would you, like to get and you're in, touching on ahead. something really you're touching on something really important there. Um our lives are made up of experiences that we've attached meaning to. And sometimes it was us attaching meaning to it, or, and sometimes it was others attaching meaning to it. Um, but that meaning is everything. And, and that meaning comes from the story that we told about that scenario. Um, and like, like uh, certain scenarios and experiences that we have don't inherently have meaning attached to them we attach it. And so, and, and that meaning produces certain outcomes. It produces certain action sets. And um, so if we, if we don't like a certain action set, if we don't like certain decisions that we are making, mm-hmm. what we need to analyze is we need to say, okay, why, well, like what story or what experience taught me that I need to be making that kind of a decision. Mm-hmm. And then once we've ass- assessed that, we say, okay, is that meaning correct? Um, is there something that I need to be questioning about this meaning is, um, is there another meaning that I can attach to this that would be compelling enough to change the kind of decisions that I'm making? And once we do that, we, we gain total control. This is super interesting because, um, have you read the book atomic habits? Uh, I'm like, I got halfway through it. <laughs> Super <laughs> good book. It. Super good yeah. book. And then there's another one called the power of habits. Um, and I can't remember the author's name, but super good book. But it's interesting because it, it, it's almost like it's a habit loop, right? So there's something that triggers us, which gets us right into whatever that routine or habit that it is. And if it's a, a bad habit, we've got to, uh, it sounds like what you're saying is we've got to find a way to internalize that, be aware of it, disrupt it, and then attach it to something else. So if, uh, I don't know, this is probably a bad example, but uh, you walk into a room, you smell cookies fresh out the oven and you're trying to lose right, weight or whatever. You, you smell it. That's triggering you that, to think I'm hungry. I need that. I want it. And then you eat the cookie. But if you can disrupt that where, yeah, you smell it, but maybe uh, you attach a different habit to it. And I know this is probably a horrible example, but maybe you get down and you start doing pushups or something. I don't know. But you, I think the, the, the key is you've got to be aware and then you've got to find a way to disrupt that pattern and create new new patterns or habits. Yeah, I think that is actually a good example. Um, and it relies on um, like very like evolutionary structures, you know, like uh, kind of like power of habits, atomic habits, like you referenced before. Um, but I actually think that we leave a lot on the table if we don't um, recognize that we are more than just animals. Um, that we actually, we rely on social structures, spiritual structures, um, that we're able to like really precisely um, reference to our past and, and envision our futures. Like that's, that's something that's, um, I, don't, I don't know if I'm willing to use words as strong as this, but the best I can find is like, that's really new in the universe. Like as far as like our timeline is concerned. And so when we don't rely on that, um, to help us create new actions and um, and uh, and new habits, it it's just not as powerful as it could be, um, for lack of a better term. Um, so I, I think that when we when we can recognize that we actually provide ourselves with um, just like a whole new a whole new game 
Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you want me to dive into like what that actually looks like yet, but um, <laughs> yeah, actually I do. Uh, before we do dive into like the process and what that looks like, why don't you tell us a little bit about your story uh, and how you began advocating for this, uh, this concept? Uh, yeah, uh, honestly, it was um, a lot of just survival for myself. <laughs> um, I think, uh, well, th- th- there were times in my past where, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of people can actually um, relate to this, um, you know, like laying on my uh, living room floor, sobbing because I'm like, I failed again. Like uh-huh. again, like I, I, I thought I had it mastered. I like, I wanted so badly to do this. And I'm like ranting to my wife about how like, I just want so much more for my life. And I just like not doing it. Um, I mean, we've all been there. <laughs> and so I was like, freak, I've got to figure this out. It's funny you bring this up because in my first podcast episode, uh, I had a guest that lost almost a hundred pounds, um, in less than a year. And, uh, we talked, wow. to, we ha- kind of highlighted motivation only takes you so far. You have to have discipline mm-hmm. or, uh, I, maybe even the word systems in place to be able to mm-hmm. achieve whatever it is. Uh, Cause if you don't have a system in place and a good why attached with it and a plan, I just don't think you're gonna, yeah. you're gonna have that success, which I think goes back to internalizing a lot of things, which like you said, sets us apart from, from the animals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And I, I think it's like, like all of those structures are, are super important. And, and like, if you can even just get a good why, like that gives you a whole nother advantage. But I also like, I also believe that it's, that's also in some scenarios, not enough. I think when we can really understand our, our operating systems, like our, our old structures, the old stories that we've been telling that have been dictating our past and what's dictating our current scenarios of like what we're actually doing and how we're acting and, and why we're doing it, then we can rewrite that and we can flip it on its head and we can say, okay, like, yeah, there was this time when I was 12 that I felt like I was in so much chaos and there wasn't any control. And so like, that's why I'm like a hyper planner control freak. And so that's why I'm not able to connect with my wife on the level that I want to connect with her. Like that's a whole new game. So you can, because that's like a maladaptive story back there that's dictating, like the 12 year old is calling the shots right now. Like that's bad news. (laughs) So if we can say like, oh my gosh, I'm not a 12 year old anymore. I do have the capacity to control my environment. Like I can be a new person right now because like, hey, like I'm I'm 55 now. Uh-huh. I don't have to operate off of the same structures that my 12, like this 12 year old boy was operating on. And thank goodness that this 12 year old boy did that because it literally, it saved him in that environment. And so you can have gratitude for the past, but that doesn't mean you need to operate based off of the past, right? It's a, it's a, it's a totally different game. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to highlight uh, or, or go into the process and, and break it down to some simple steps of how we can um, change that, disrupt that. But tell, okay, so we kind of got a little sidetracked. How did you start advocating for this? So you you weren't happy yeah. with the way <laughs> yeah. your life was, it sounded like, and you were trying yeah. to survive, you said. so. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, honestly, it was like, but like I said, it was, it was survival. <laughs> And it, it was a really interesting journey because um, I actually, I, early on in my career, I was a videographer and I was, um, I was telling stories via video. Um, and I started, 
migrating into marketing and that's where like the whole brand strategy came from and i started recognizing like wow like the things that i'm doing are super effective um i think almost naively <laughs> i shouldn't say that there was like so many 4 a.m. mornings where I was still working, you know. <laughs> so there was definitely a lot of effort put in and on my part to like get to this place. But um, I was like, wow, this is working. And and I was at the same time I was a psychology major. It's like it's like ten different paths converging at this point. Um, I think and at the I think a lot point, of us know what that's like. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and but I I started recognizing like okay like storytelling impacts psychology. And, uh, and what I didn't recognize is I was actually tapping into a lot of structures that like um, even like Sigmund Freud and Carl Jung and like all these like old depth psychologists were tapping into like Carl Jung in particular, he um, he like really dives into the storytelling mechanism and how it impacts psychology. And um, so I was unconsciously uh, using these same structures. Um, and uh, during that time period, I was like really trying to level up my life and like gain control over my life and just failing, frankly. Um, and uh, so I, I started reading a lot of like self-help books and like getting to that whole scene um, while I was also, you know, going to therapy and studying, um, studying psychology. And so it, it was a lot of these structures started converging and like, I was like, oh my goodness, like, this is uh, this is all about influence it's all about um control and sovereignty and like where like what is actually dictating your actions um and then i started looking at society and recognizing holy crap like i am not alone in this struggle and like in fact the vast majority of the world is struggling with this and people need to know this like they need to know this and um and so that's where I, I started recognizing, like, we have stripped our society of these, these structures. And not only like, and this is where we like get into some, maybe some more like, uh, maybe a different territory. I don't know if you want to go here. So correct me if I'm, if I'm off. But um, I started recognizing that we've actually removed the structures in our society that help us to tell, tell stories. In ancient, like, uh, every big empire, every real culture that had any impact on the world relied on rituals that reinforce stories that ascend people's identities, mm. which is like huge. And that has a lot of implications in marketing too, if you want to go there. <laughs> I agree with you. And Donald Miller that I mentioned earlier, he talks a lot about the power of storytelling. Uh, so I, I just love the, that you're finding this theme because I think it's, I think it's huge. Uh, let's, quickly touch on this um mm -hmm. why do you think we've kind of uh we're not allowing ourselves as a society to to tell these stories that's a that's a, a deep question um i think there's a lot of different factors um and i there are a lot of well-intentioned factors that um that have had uh, I think more radical results than we anticipated. Um, and I, I don't think it was like some conscious decision on the, the part of society to make these decisions, but um, you, have, um, you have the enlightenment era where we're like, religion, bah, right? <laughs> and, um, and to some degree, or actually to a very great degree, that was so beneficial for society. Uh, like, absolutely. I mean, like, look at 
the iPhone. <laughs> like that was a product of enlightenment, right? Um, but by that same coin, oh, sorry. I, I, didn't I, I, I said Google, you can Google everything. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And like, I, uh, and we've lifted, you know, millions of people out of poverty. And um, it, it was a big pushback against these story, storytelling structures. We started questioning a lot. And um, which led to everything we just mentioned, right? Um, but it's this tricky balance of, of being willing to question old stories, but also being willing to preserve old stories mm. and recognizing, okay, like maybe Adam and Eve didn't actually exist in the Garden of Eden and maybe they, they didn't actually eat fruit and maybe there wasn't actually a snake that tempted them. Maybe. But it's a right? powerful story. And that's great. That's, but it has so much inherent value that if we just chuck it out the window, we lose so much there. Interesting. And so it's, um, so I, it, it's, and it's not even a balance. I don't think, I think there's a third option where we, um, we focus on the meaning behind it, not necessarily on the, the, like objective the reality of it. Okay. Right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and I think you can do both at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've, we've learned as a society, a really bad paradigm of choosing one fact, because sometimes you, we see these conflicting ideas and we say, well, one of these have to be right. And it's like, no, actually both of them can be right because we are so finite that oftentimes we don't see the third option that actually governs those two, those two things. And that third option informs these two things and validates both of them, even though they seem to be contradictory. Interesting. Okay. Uh, so let's, we'll transition here. Cause I think we could go off on a, a huge tangent here with, with just this concept. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so walk us through a pr- the process of, of stepping into sovereignty. What does that look like? How is it done? Uh, give us some, some simple steps to, to be able to do this. Yeah, um, it all starts with awareness. Um, we are living so unconsciously that uh, we, uh, the first step is we have to even look at what reality is. And that can start from like, even like how much money is in your bank account. There are so many people that actually don't look at their bank account day to day that they mm-hmm. don't even know what's going on there. <laughs> like we have to even know what's happening, but it, it, but it goes deeper to that, than that as well. Like that's just, that's one example. Like, um, you know, what are your, what's your projected income? What's your projected expenses? What's your, and we could go on and on there, but also looking at like moment to moment saying, what am I deciding right now? If you like, uh, if you can just regularly, like every half an hour, Mm-hmm. ask yourself, what am I deciding right now? Even setting a reminder on your phone to prompt you to say, what, what am I doing right now? Um, something that uh, I've done in the past that has been really beneficial, beneficial is every half an hour, and you can even go down to like 10 minutes if you really want to get obsessive about it, um, like actually writing down, what am I doing? And then looking at your piece of paper at the end of the day and saying, what did I do today? And what was the outcome of that? 
right? Mm. That's huge. That provides so much awareness. But um, but yeah, it's like when you're playing with your dog, like just checking in and saying, what's happening in me? And that can even, and again, you can get really deep with this. You can go, what's happening with myself spiritually right now? What's happening with myself physically right now? What's going, what are the, 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 the voices in my head saying right now? What's, um, I sound like I'm crazy, but I, there's multiple voices in your head, everyone. <laughs> um, what, like, what is the, my connection with other people right now? And what are they expecting of me? If you mm -hmm. can just bring awareness, that's step number one. So it's really and just in, step internalizing things like, uh, for example, I, you know, I, I don't know if you're aware with disc assessments, but I'm a very high D and I, <laughs> and, uh, if you know anything about D's, they can get quick to, you know, anger or irritation. <laughs> so yeah. I'll just use me as an example. If I, if I were to start feeling these emotions, I, I could step back and start internalizing. Well, why am I feeling this way? Like, what is, what is the underlying reason? Cause a lot of times, uh, it's not what's uh, presented in front of me mm -hmm. that I found it's something uh, deeper than that. But anyways, is that kind of essentially yeah. what you're saying is just internalizing a lot more? Yeah. Well, just, I, I'm just saying, saying what's going on. What is the reality of the scenario? Like mm. just what is happening? And that provides you footing to be able to even start making decisions. Mm. And that decision-making process is saying, am, and, and this is part of the awareness question too, is Am I allowing an extrinsic factor to make my decisions or am I allowing an intrinsic factor or me to make the decision? And that's like, that's step number two in the process. If you go, if you're aware, then you can start making decisions. And then next, you have to establish a direction. So you need to say to yourself, okay, if everything goes perfectly, like what does my life look like five years from now, 10 years from now? And, and then you bring it down to nine months, a month, in a week, like what, what does heaven look like in my life? And then conversely, and this is where like the money happens is you say, okay, if, if this is what heaven looks like, what does hell look like? If ah. I, if I don't make a decision right now, what happens? And am I willing? And then you can ask yourself because both of these decisions are going to have a pain attached to it. And I so you hear can say, so much marketing uh, tips coming out right now that uh, in, 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 goes into storytelling, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. I, we won't get into that, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I'm glad to be seeing all that too. Um, but like, if you can say, okay, because there's going to be a t there's going to be pain attached to both of these scenarios and you say, what pain am I willing to accept? Am I willing to accept the pain of the fight towards heaven? Or is it more comfortable existing in hell? Mm -hmm. And that's really up to you. That's your decision, but don't you dare let somebody else or an extrinsic factor decide that for you. Don't you dare let your, your past or your future dictate that. And that's where the integration comes in. And that's the, the step number four um, is, is integrating your past self, your future self, and, and again, your extrinsic and, and intrinsic into your current present identity. And uh, so that's kind of what the, pro that's like super high level. Like there's so much that goes into all of that, but super right. high level, like what the process looks like. So let me kind of break this down in a, in, a, in a different way and correct me if I'm wrong. So first of all, you got to be yeah, aware, right? Please. You got to internalize it, see what the situation is. Mm -hmm. So you just got to be aware. Second, you've got to step into the decision-making where you start choosing what, you, what you're going to do. The third step, uh, you call, you're calling it direction. Um, I would almost say it's, it's like having a vision, right? A vision of what heaven looks mm -hmm. like yep. and how are you going to break that down yep. to today? What am I going to do? today in the decision-making 
to get there. Uh, mm -hmm. And yep. then, and then after that, just, is it just executing the plan, right? Is that, is that essentially? Yeah. Yeah. And, and in addition to that, um, integrating your old operating system, being very aware of like, okay, this is what the past looked like, and this is how it's impacting my present. Mm -hmm. And then authoring, like rewriting those old stories. But in addition, and there's a whole other side of this where it's integrating the future self. It's like, like the, the stories that you told about what your future ought to be or should be or was supposed to be, is that accurate? Is the story about your future accurate? And then rewriting it to integrate it into what you actually want, right? That's interesting. So that's like, that, that, that process kind of, it's kind of linear to all of those other, of those other steps, but um, it's, it's critical in that whole gotcha process. gotcha it, it's it's interesting because i feel like a lot of businesses uh essentially do this process it might not be on as deep of a level as you're talking but uh mm -hmm. it's essentially the same same co concept i mean if you're going to start a business you need to have a, a vision uh you, you know a mission a some values that you hold which are some stories that you told yourself before is that's why you have that value or belief system or whatever and then start creating a plan and executing it. And, and, and I yeah. really am a big fan of uh, the 80-20 principle, you know, 20% mm -hmm. of what you do yields 80% of your results. So what can you do today? Just something so small and simple that you can do today that will yield a, a, a compounding results. Uh, yeah. I'm just a huge and I think what's, what's kind of, and this is why like um, <laughs> the work that I do with my clients is so critical is because there's so many business professionals that will look at these marketing techniques and they'll be like, yeah, of course, of course we do this. And they like execute it ruthlessly, but then they never look at themselves and they never apply the same processes to their own lives. So they walk into that business meeting, just fractured and broken <laughs> and try and accomplish their work. And they can't do anything because they're like, they're so pulled by old stories. They're so, all of their decisions are made by some book that they read or whatever, or like, or not even some book that they read, but some by the seven-year-old in their past or the, like the should or could or supposed to story that they're like, that society told them. Right. And so they're like, they're these broken things. <laughs> they're not even like agents making these like high level, like fortune 500 company decisions. And it's like, what's going on, dude? Like, is that really how you want to be like acting out in your life? Like that's, and that's like, anyway, that's a, again, another whole, a whole other tangent, but like we have, it's critical that business owners understand ex like this whole process and go through it themselves. I'm a huge fan of that. So, uh, you know, I own a pest control business and I have a few rental properties. I'm not a big time investor, but I, I'm getting into it. But, uh, something that I did that it seems to have propelled some of my success so far, and I'm not, you know, some big business guru expert, right? But I first focused on myself because I'm a big believer that the, your business is an extension of yourself and your, your life and business are not separate. They, they coexist mm -hmm. in the same world. And so it's important for you to come up with a vision, uh, of what you know your heaven looks like like you mentioned and and have a, a plan and some core values and beliefs the person you want to become and have a plan for that and then your business should be a vehicle or a funnel to help you accomplish your personal uh vision what what you're saying jake is so important i i genuinely believe that one of the greatest undertakings that we can we can uh, pursue to alter your character is your career. It's 
it's so and and I and I specifically believe that um, that business uh, or like owning your own business and entrepreneurial ventures um, have this really unique capacity to just force you into mm-hmm. a new version of yourself. Yeah, because you have complete control. It's all on you. It's like yep. if this succeeds or fails, it's you, dude. So well, and it's interesting though too, is because a lot of people are defined by their careers. Like when you say, you know. Uh, like, what, what do you do? do? You, what do you do? Yeah. Or who, who are you? Oh, I'm a real estate agent. Or, you know, uh, I, uh, I'm an engineer. They're defined by that career, but really that's not who you are. There's more to you than that. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so I, I love, I love what you're, what you're teaching us here. Yeah. Uh, thanks, man. I, I think you're, you're right on the money. Like if you, if, if your career is going to be like 80% of your identity, you better like do it right. Okay. <laughs> no, no you better not unconsciously well yeah you, you better not unconsciously pursue it because it's like or or allow somebody else to choose your career for you you're allowing somebody else to literally choose your identity mm. yep and then life's gonna float by and then you're gonna look back and say man i wish i could have shoulda woulda you know all, all yeah. those all those regrets but mm-hmm. uh so uh what do you think is one of the biggest uh hindrances for somebody uh, gaining control of their life and actually stepping into the, into sovereignty. Yeah, that's, um, (laughs) everything. Uh, we live, (laughs) we live in like, like I outlined before, we live in a a world set up to strip people of their agencies Mm -hmm. or of their agency, excuse me. Mm -hmm. Um, which is, uh, I like, I, I don't want to like say that in, um, like this bleak, uh, hopeless way, because it's not bleak and it's not hopeless. Um, because your, your agency can, cannot be revoked from you. It's impossible. Mm -hmm. You can be set up in an environment that, um, might look difficult or daunting. You are literally made up of the stuff of the universe and that stuff of the universe is capable of creation. And so you can create your reality. Mm-hmm. Um, based off of uh, based off of your your decisions, if we if we want to use some like religious metaphors for this, and because they're just more apt to describe this well, um, if we genuinely believe that we are um, uh, the offspring of God, we have His divinity in us, and with that divinity, we are capable of creation. He was the creator of the universe. And as his offspring, we are capable of creating our reality and our universe around us through our faith. And that faith is a combination of everything that we've been talking about before, right? Of, of hope and a vision and action. And that, that combination produces a change within us. And, and as divine creators produces a change within our universe, right? So like, and, and again, that's all religious metaphors that we could really easily translate into non-religious metaphors, but it, it just is a good tool. Um, so like, yes, I, like, I, I genuinely believe that, that you as an individual are capable of literally creating the world around you. And we can get into the whole physics of that, but yeah, like, and and you that's know what's, a whole nother rubbish. It's interesting because, uh, and, and I'll, I'll kind of get on this little uh, religion kick here for a second here too. And, um, and I don't, you know, want to, to advocate, uh, you know, how to believe, you know, how to have your faith. But uh, it's interesting because, you know, in the Bible, when it talks about uh, Jesus or God creating the world, he yep. spoke it. 
It was yes. done by word. And what's interesting yes. is we tell us ourselves words, whether it's from our past experiences or these words from the future us, we're telling us our, these words and it's creating our reality. So if yes. we're, if we're having these false uh, realities, uh, that that's what, why our lives are the way they are. And I know I'm not, uh, expressing that well but uh essentially words are really are powerful it's the story that we tell ourselves so what story are we gonna you're gonna tell yourself to get to where you want to be absolutely absolutely and if you want to take like a purely materialist approach to this uh which again i think is like leaving a lot on the table but uh if you want to take a purely materialist approach you can say okay like the the um the, the words that you are saying uh, divert your attention to very specific things, which bring up very specific opportunities that you can choose to decide on or not. And those opportunities that you're now aware of because of the kind of vocabulary that you're using will produce a certain around, amount of reality around you, right? And that, and like, again, coming back to this religious metaphor, that doesn't mean that um, there aren't other agents in the world that impact the world, but you have a certain amount of sovereignty. And I, I would say a significant amount of sovereignty to be able to, to create a boundary around you that says, I'm sorry, but your world does not get to impose upon my world because of my faith. Right. And so it it's, it's genuinely, it's up to you. It's That's all awesome. up to you. I, I, and I, and I love this concept and uh, just to touch on another little point, I, I cause I think this kind of goes back into the work, you know, the words, the story you're telling yourself, uh, affirmations, you know, people are big advocates of that. Something that I do in my morning routine and, and I won't tell you all my affirmations, but I, I usually write three a day and it's just simple as, and I do it in present tense, even though maybe I'm not there, I do it in uh, present tense. Um, but like, for example, I am a successful entrepreneur. That's one of the affirmations. I literally write that down every morning. Uh, and I have, you know, some religious ones too that I write down. Uh, but I write that down daily because those are the words I'm trying to tell myself because mm -hmm. I personally believe, and I'm no expert, but I personally believe that our subconscious can help us because uh, it's all survival, right? Back to our, our, our nature, it can help us survive. And if it sees that that's important to our survival, it's going to start picking up these patterns to help us uh, accomplish yeah being a successful entrepreneur. Yeah. And if we want to take it to the next level, and this is where it gets really fun is, well, I shouldn't say this is where, cause it's all fun, but um, <laughs> um, we can literally create the people around us. A lot of people say like, oh, like my, if only my wife were on board, then we would be a, I'd be a successful entrepreneur. And it's like, ah, oh, F you. Like that's so <laughs> not true. <laughs> it's like, no, like, your wife is not on board because you don't believe that she's on board and you're not acting like she's on board. So when she does try and be like, when she has those glimmers, those moments where she does choose to be on board, you shut it down because that's not who she is. Ah. And you're this, you're this champion of virtue trying to carry out your crusade against this enemy of your wife. Like what a joke, dude, like get over <laughs> yourself and believe that she's on board and speak like she's on board. Like, mm -hmm. Those words are so powerful and it literally creates her or him or your you, child. You got to treat people as they ought to be or ought to become or who they could be like their potential. Yeah. I, I, that's, that's awesome. I love this. Uh, let's, let's go into, I'm going to switch gears here a little bit. Um, and I'll actually give you a scenario uh, and it's just going to be a generic scenario. 
so what would you tell somebody who is unhappy with the, the direction uh, that their lives are in? They feel stuck. They're kind of in a rut. Uh, they feel like they're capable more or could achieve more. What would you tell them to, to make some changes uh, for the better? I would put them through that whole process that I outlined before. Um, one, do you even have a direction? Like that's huge. And do you understand the consequences of non-action? Right. So I'd, I'd help them create their heaven and then, then their hell. And then I would say, okay, what has helped? What is, what are the structures that have caused you to arrive at your certain scenario that you're in? So like um, what actions have, well, and then again, like we'd, we get really clear on the past, really clear on the, the present and really clear on the future. And when we can, we can integrate all of those, then we say, okay, who are you? We focus on their identity after that and say, are you a person that's capable of producing that heaven? And, and yes, if not, the, what the, you need to do to be able yeah. to produce it, right? Well, well, spoiler alert, they already are, right? <laughs> like you can't, you are capable because, um, because everyone's capable of making decisions, right? Um, and so we'd, we'd establish their identity of what they want to be and who they want to be. Um, and then we'd invite them to act on that uh, through all those processes. And, th and there's a lot of tools that go into that. So it's like, there's like journaling is super important in this um, because that heightens awareness. And it also gives you a platform to um, get rid of the emotions that you don't wanna be experiencing. Um, there's things like visualization. There's like, it really depends on a certain person's like uh, proclivity, I guess what they're, what, what hippie stuff they're willing to step into. Right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Speaking right. of hippies, I mean, I, 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 so I, just so the listeners know, uh, I, uh, really consistently, uh, I have a routine. This is what I do. I get up, I, you know, I, I'll hydrate, you know, just get the get day going, but I'll go exercise. And instead of listening to music, I'm listening to a podcast audiobook because I'm all about trying to learn and grow and improve. Mm -hmm. So I'll exercise while listening to something like that. I'll come back home, you know, shower up or whatever. And then I will uh, meditate for three to just three to five minutes. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I'll, I'll do a combination of, you know, pray, prayer or reflecting and I'll write in my journal and mm -hmm. uh, just those habits alone. And I'll review my goals and what priorities, uh, what's the most important thing I can do yeah. today to accomplish what my goals are. And that has been huge for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's super important. And there's like, there's a, uh... And again, like, I don't think that there's one like specific prescription, you know, that like everybody should, I think like, like yours, like meditation is like really like in right now and like journaling's like really in right now and like exercise and like, and I, I love it. <laughs> I think that is so good because I think that the vast majority of people should, but I also think it's important to recognize that like everybody's different and everybody has different stories and they have different things. I think really what it comes down to is like, if you can, if you can cultivate awareness, you can start identifying, oh, when I do this, then this happens. I feel this way. When I do this, I, I tend to carry out, to execute more of my to-do list when I, or whatever. And we can keep like, so I, I think um, that's like a really important part. Like for some, like I, I personally, it's really hard for me to meditate. Mm -hmm. And so like, yeah. I, uh, and I'm like, I should get over that. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but um it like it honestly it produces a lot of anxiety in me because i'm like oh, i need to move on i need to do something else and so what i've chosen to do as a as a different um 
I guess, version of that is in between each activity, I take one moment that like, if it's, it can be like literally five seconds if I'm like really busy, or it could be like 30 seconds where I just go, what's happening right now? How am I feeling? What do I want to have happen? What am I going to do? And then mm -hmm. I do it. Right. And that's been like my, I, I was actually like, that was suggested to me by one of my mentors. Um, and uh, it's been like, it's been huge. It's been like literally life-changing, but like that on a 30, like a 30 minute reminder, right. You said on your phone. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I, I don't do that anymore, but like uh, that, that it's a, that's a tool that I've used before. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, cool. That's awesome. So if I, I'm just going to reiterate all this. So if we were to go back through the process um, to, to break this down one more time, it sounded like you would start with the direction first, the heaven and the hell, mm -hmm. which essentially brings awareness, which is what, which was your first step, right? Because mm -hmm. uh, you're thinking about your past, your future, what you want, it's kind of bringing awareness. And then you move on to the decision making. And then Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So essentially, it's like, and and honestly, it, I I don't think that there's specific steps that you have to follow. Um, it depends on the individual what they need at that moment. But it's it's getting clear on your future, getting clear on your past, getting clear clear on your present, and then and and as part of present, present includes um, external and internal decision making. So who's making my decisions, and then and then we establish identity. So it's like who who do you want to become who are you right now who were you in the past right okay so it's it's all about it's future past present integration okay with with a coupling of identity <laughs> in all of that it's been awesome and and uh, we'll definitely need to invite you back on the podcast because i feel like there's so much more we can pull from you sure. uh, this, this sure. is just this has been awesome uh i'm going to go into our next segment which is yeah. uh, where we ask our final three questions to all of our yeah. guests and we might uh pivot on this at some point but for right now this is what we've got uh so the first question is uh most the most recent book you've read and what's one thing you've learned from it um, actually I've got it right here. Um, I'm reading two books right now. One is, um, breath by James Nestor, which is phenomenal. Wow. Um, and essentially, essentially what I've learned is, uh, <laughs> way more of my health is dictated by how I breathe than I thought. Um, and I'm also reading, uh, the King within, um, by Robert Moore and Douglas Jaila. And, uh, it is, it, these guys were uh, young psychologists or are rather, I don't know if they're still alive, honestly. Um, but they, uh, this book is a response to their other phenomenal book called uh, King Warrior Magician Lover, all about masculine archetypes and um, how to have a more healthy male psychology. Cool. I will we'll probably link those in the show notes. So if people want to check those out. Uh, okay. Second question. Uh, what is one principle you strive to live your life by? Personal responsibility that I am capable of creating the universe around me. I love that. That's awesome. Uh, okay. So number three, what is one of the greatest pieces of advice you've been given? <laughs> that I'm personally responsible and capable of creating the universe around me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm assuming you learned that from one of, one of your mentors kind of helped introduce some of this concept to you. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's uh, Katie Richardson. You should all follow her. She's phenomenal. Um, she's just a really powerful woman. <laughs> and uh, 
she takes control of her life and builds what she wants. Where can people find a little bit more about you, Paul? Yeah, actually, uh, follow me on on Instagram uh, at Paul Van Bloom, um, or uh, you can just find me on Facebook as well. Um, I'm posting in both of those places uh, daily. Thanks for ha- coming on, man. This has been awesome. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. It was super fun.